0: Since the beginning of time, men have objectified women, from tramp to tart, or whore to hoe, and at some point in 2012, a new word was born, That, meaning that hoe out there,
1: or that hoe over there.
0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Spiritual Thoughts Podcast with your host, me, Taylor, and today we have a very special guest, he's a good friend of mine, um, we have the New York Patriot. Um, so welcome. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: No, thank you. It's, you know, I've had you on my show. It's nice to be able to come on yours now. I and mean, I'm glad that you have one, actually. Yeah, yeah.
0: I know. I finally have one. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: It's, it's nice to yeah. see what
1: you're doing. I mean, it's nice. Yeah, it's good stuff, Taylor.
0: Heck yeah. So for those of you who have never heard the show before, um, well, this is only the second episode, but kind of how this works is I'm basing everything this season off of the map of consciousness developed by Dr. David Hawkins. And so each level is a different emotional state. So on the first episode, we talked about shame. Um, and this episode, we're going to actually go into guilt and how to move through and process guilt. Um, so that's kind of exciting. Nobody really likes to feel guilt, but um, we all feel it because we're human. And I think um, you're the perfect person to help us um, navigate that.
1: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, real quick, before we go on, you mentioned David Hawkins. Is he, um, is he, has he done debates and stuff?
0: That I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I
1: feel like I've heard of him. Um, I've been watching somebody on and off. I, it's very confusing because I'm not exactly sure what the guy's real uh, thoughts are on stuff. This guy called Christopher Hitchens, he comes off, he says he claims to be an atheist and a Marxist. But uh, a lot of his stuff, when you see him talking, he is just kind of saying that I think humans, humans trying to grasp God and actually put a definition on it is fucking a problem. Yeah. You know? And and I think I, for some reason, I think I remember like seeing them both together in like the same video, that name. So I, I got I to gotta look into that now since yeah. you mentioned
0: he has a lot of um, really cool books, like the one that this um, map of consciousness comes from is called Power Versus Force. And so it, it um, goes into like different levels of consciousness and how until you get to a certain point, you're like forcing things. And then there's just a point where it's just like you're in within your power. And it's super cool. And then he has another book called Letting Go. And it just teaches you how to let go of shit. So it's it's kind of cool. So, oh, I want to add before
1: we go on. I mentioned the guy was a Marxist. That does not mean I agree with that stuff. (laughs) No, I'm just want to say that. And the guy, the guy's against fascism. So I don't, that's another thing. I don't understand how are you saying that you're a Marxist but then you're against fascism. So what I'm getting at is just, you know he's a very interesting character. Does not mean I'm I'm an atheist or fascist because please just, you know.
0: Little disclaimer.
1: (laughs) That's all all that was. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs)
0: yeah. Cool, so why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and then give a little background on yourself.
1: All right. Um, to find my stuff, uh, the NY Patriot, you pretty much a bit shoot rumble. Um, I am on YouTube and under a thing called tour and more. Um, I'm on all major podcasts, uh, out there. And I do have the occult rejects, which is kind of like the biggest show that I have, um, that I, you know, have a co-host with same shit, all major podcasts. We're on bit shoot rumble and YouTube, you know, the tour and more thing. So, um, And basically with that, just to give a little background on myself, I uh, used to be a member of the Ordo Templi Orientis, which is a secret society, the OTO uh, that was originally started in Germany uh, by a few other dudes and eventually Crowley uh, took it over, Alistair Crowley, in case nobody knows who he is, I'm sure they probably do you know, very well-known ceremonial magician. He called himself the Beast, you know, the wickedest man in the world, all that stuff. Uh, He took that over and um, it used to be associated with the Masons, the OTO. It used to actually, uh, you can convert, like kind of like if you were a certain degree in Masonry, you can possibly go over to a certain degree in the OTO. You didn't have to start from the bottom. Um, When Crowley took it over, he stopped that. He disassociated with the Masons. He took out probably like two thirds of the degrees and left it down to thirteen. And, uh, I was in that for a while. I was, uh, I'll admit I was never a huge Crowley fan. Um, going down the rabbit hole, I started to believe that ceremonial magic, witchcraft, whatever, all that stuff, whatever you want to call it is real. And I do think, and to some extent it is being used against us to mind fuck humanity. So I was very drawn into that stuff. And then, uh, I guess in a way, I was like, you know what? If I believe this stuff is true, um, maybe I want to stay out of the matrix and stay out of the mind control. So uh, the, for me, I figured I need to learn about this stuff in a sense to stay out of it.
0: Yeah. you know what I'm
1: saying? No yeah. How can I use it? How can I use it to just, just to stay out of the bullshit and enjoy my life with not being asleep? So I mean, even the the reasons why I joined were probably a little different than most people. Yeah, but um, I never joined thinking Alice the Crowley was this great, amazing person. Um, it was honestly just the closest secret society to me that had structure. And I thought I could possibly learn something from and meet like minded people from um, I never felt 100%. Uh, okay, there. I never was felt, you know, like this was home. I knew was, I knew it was going on. Uh, knew it was on borrowed time. And as I went up in the degrees, Um, I had realized just from certain stuff that needed to be done as you were going up in my own experience and from what they will start to tell you as you, as you go up in degrees, there's certain degrees where they'll give you a little bit more of an idea of what other ones entail. Once I had realized that, you know, assigning my property over and once, you know, women got to start carving shit into their chests. I knew I was on borrowed time, you know, I was not going to stay. So, uh, you know, So I had already had it in my head, you know, I'm probably not going to make a career out of this. I'll go and get what I can get out of it. And then um, I started having my own magical experiences. And to me, I had realized that the OTO or at least the image that they give or what they kind of project to me was, would keep somebody from having a true magical experience. To me, it was giving you more handcuffs Instead of actually giving you truth, or it was giving you truth, but like there was like handcuffs in the box as right. well. And instead of grabbing the truth, you put the handcuffs on instead because they look prettier. Yeah,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, it yeah, yeah. It was
1: more attractive to you. Um, so I knew, uh, I just knew I wasn't going to leave, you know. And then eventually, um, you know, COVID came and just certain things with that. One, they crumbled and, and went right along with the CDC. And, you uh, during their, Zoom, uh, during their Zoom things, they started promoting a lot of, like, the stuff that was going on with politics. Now, uh, the OTO itself, you know, always claims specifically we have nothing to say about really fucking anything except for the OTO. You know, and now all of a sudden you're having a Zoom meeting. Um, you're uh, basically promoting, they were promoting Antifa and BLM. Yeah. And, and they were saying, you know, and the whole thing was because of what happened with George Floyd. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to sound like a disassociated you know, piece of shit, but in all actuality, like, listen, if what happened to him was real, if what we saw on TV mm-hmm. was actually real, yeah, that is horrible. Yeah. I totally 100% agree. But as a magician, I don't see why if I'm supposed to be balanced, I'm supposed to be in control of my own self, my own feelings, and I am focused on doing my will. I don't understand why a group of magicians have to come together in a kumbaya about somebody that I'm sure nobody in that, the lodge that I went to was related to him. I'm sure he was not putting money in their pocket. I'm sure he was not putting food on their table. They don't even know who he was. Why are we so fucking triggered that we need to come together and cry about something that had nothing to do with my will whatsoever? It did not affect me from doing anything else, not to sound like horrible, but no, that was just a sign in itself that it was a very I think fear and emotional based uh, uh, order which is going to keep you away from my experience growing spiritually you need to remove the fear and fucking anger and a lot of that stuff to grow I was going to give an overall why I left just Wait, let me it. ask
0: you a question so um how did you initially get it like what drew you to joining this
1: like I said I was big into secret societies uh I had believed like I said that I thought that that stuff was real um I, you know i from a child I can say easily even growing up I had always believed that there was something like I always believed when I looked out to the sky that there's something out there that we just don't know about I always believed that as a child there was something innate in me and that trying to sound Woo-woo or cool or whatever. Just as a kid, I had always questioned when I looked up to the sky, is that really what we think it is? Is there something beyond there that we'd have no idea? You know, that's one day to rock the fucking world to something that we'll know about. I always believed in ghosts, always, you know, even as a a kid, like I remember my neighbor across the street telling me, you know, um, he was a very religious man, and you know, as a kid, I grew up as a Catholic and a Christian, you know, the most part. Um, he had even told me, you know, a way to believe that God exists. He says, can you see the, the airways that you're picking up from the radio? As you're driving, he says, no, you can't. He says, but you know what's there. He says, you just can't see it. And that stuck with me making me think that besides God, just a lot of other things. Just thinking about it now. The fact that me and you are hearing each other through something we cannot see physically. I mean, what the fuck is that? with that you know there is something you know and I, I as a child that kind of stuck with me and i had always thought that there is just things in this world that we cannot see that we don't understand you know and then i think magic and ceremonial magic and in that type of stuff uh seemed to be true to me as i started yeah. researching, so it getting into it
0: one thing that i kind of wanted to um Mentioned to kind of get a little bit more into like the guilt thing and kind of just explain like, um, the difference between what guilt and shame are because they're very closely related. And I think they often get like mixed up as each other. And so I kind of just wanted to explain for everybody that the best way to look at it is guilt is, um, related to what you've done, you know, feeling guilty for things that you've done, regardless if it's misplaced guilt or if it's true guilt and shame is being ashamed of what you are, right? Like who you are as a person or so it's like the, your actions versus your being. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no. Well, I was even, I think what you said is great. And I think even another way to look at it, guilt can sometimes be like, I'm thinking in my mind, like, fuck, you know, I kind of feel guilty about that. The shame shame can kind of come with other people know.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: You know, when it's outside and other people might know what's going inside your head or what you've done, I feel like a little bit more of shame comes with that instead of actual guilt, because the guilt's already in your own mind prior.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, that's the thing too, is guilt is kind of like your own internal dialogue where shame is like what you think other people are going to think about As- for what you've done.
1: It. Oh, yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I, I want to talk about guilt a little bit because, um, you know, guilt does have a place in our life when we do actually do something hurtful towards another person. Right. It gives you that opportunity to be able to make amends and try to repair relationships that maybe were damaged or, you know, maybe um, kind of got thrown out of left field by actions or whatever the case is. But there also tends to be a lot of um, unjustified guilt in our society, especially when it comes to being brought up in like a religious background or, you know, what we practice or what we believe. And so um, we're kind of, I'd like to kind of focus on that aspect. And so I wanted to ask you, like, going from being brought up as a Christian, right, in the the Christian church, and then transitioning into like the OTO, um, Did you ever have that guilt where it's like, I shouldn't be doing this or ever have those like internal like dialogues where it's just like, just because of like how you were brought up?
1: 100% that and uh, shame because uh, I really didn't tell too many people that I was even involved. You know, and then looking back on it, it's like, if I can't tell people, I can't tell my friends and family. uh, You know, what's up with that to begin with? You know, should, should I, should I not, should I? Not I have to feel that I shouldn't be able to tell them or is there actually something wrong with me being involved with it? You know, all my fucking itself, but uh, definitely, I mean, I will even say, that this is a whole other crazy thing and I'm not knocking religions. Uh, well, you know, actually I will say I'm knocking religions. I think for the most part, <laughs> for the most part religions themselves is the PSYOP. It's oh, the, the spiritual mess that you're supposed to find in there for yourself. You know, um, whenever I was big into, uh, you know, being a Christian or, you know, practicing, you know, religion or Catholicism. Whenever I was really big into that, it was because of guilt and shame that God was not going to like me. He wasn't going to allow me into heaven because I'm a horrible fucking person. Right. Right, so it's like I and, was already already indoctrinated with guilt and shame from just being a, a Christian.
0: Yeah, just from the get go. <laughs> like I, I feel know, like that's it's part of a religion. You know, it's <laughs> like yo, no, you you've been born
1: fucked up. You're fucked up. So now do this, 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 and that, and that's the only way you can make up for something you didn't even do just for being born.
0: Yeah, it's wild. Man, it's fucked up. So to kind of get specific with it a little bit, if you don't mind, what were some of the things like specifically? Within that, that, like thoughts that would come up that you would feel guilty about?
1: Well, um, you know, and, and this is even, this is actually a very, I think, kind of a touchy subject. Uh, stuff with sexuality, really. Yeah,
0: yeah. Let's get I into mean, that. It's very this huge. Is... I
1: think I was, I wanted to have you on for that, my show for that topic, because I thought at least having it coming from a female, like, for me maybe they'll take it I don't know whatever maybe a female agreeing with another male they'll take it a little bit more serious right because um, so I think you, you and me might have like certain you know things that we both agree on with that but like the OTO was so over sexualized that it makes me feel guilt about like you know uh, because of my Christian beliefs prior I mean you really have to think about it and um It was almost basically, I think I said this to you once, it's like I went from a salt and pepper diet to having a whole spice rack to use. Right. You know, if you go by Christian values, um, I mean, or by religions in general, it will tell you exactly how to have sex, maybe even when to have sex, why you're having sex, what positions, you know, what things should be cut off of you or taken care of sexually you know so it's like I've been told all this stuff and now I just joined an order where that's like sexuality is just like woo, yeah <laughs> it's just like you know it was a mind fucking itself to where I had a lot of guilt and shame because well one I think the sexual part of the order is the psyop in itself to deal with but um you know it's You know, how much was it, is it, you know, there's a part where there's a fine line to where I think you're starting to go too far. And I think just from Christianity, from Christianity, you can limit yourself and uh, deny yourself things that really aren't bad. You know what I'm saying? And Christianity, when it comes to sex, we'll do that to you. And going into the OTO, I mean, I felt so fucking unreal. I mean... I guess maybe I should have felt like maybe more of like, you know, where is this going? Could this get crazy? But like, you know, in the Gnostic mess, the priestess gets naked. Now, I mean, is it a little weird? Yes. Because I think they're already right there trying for the people who don't understand and the people who are easy manipulated, they're throwing sex in your face right away. I, that's a part of it, but in all actuality, I mean, if we're all grown ups, and if she's okay with it, and I am, I mean, really like, is it that bad? Because it is just in a sense, art. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, say Crowley in the Gnostic mass is okay. I'm just trying to get a point across that. Like me standing there during the mass because she's sitting there with her top off on the altar and her tits are out. I'm like feeling fucking ashamed and condemned. Mm And like, I, you know, you know, and if I was you know, with somebody at the time, do I, am I supposed, like, I'm not even looking at her getting off to this. I actually want to tell you the truth. I didn't find most of the women there attractive at all. So honestly, when they were up on the altar. It did nothing for me. I literally was just watching a fucking play go on. I'm, I'm not looking at that in a sexual way, getting off. And I, for a long time, I honestly, I was never comfortable with it at all. And it probably all has to go back to, you know, prior beliefs that this is, you know, not good for you. You're going to hell. But, you know, uh, so like that, you know, I had guilt and shame from prior things, you know, and some of it may have been good. You know, I think the OTO can hand you the handcuffs of sexuality that to a certain point, I think maybe some of the, I wouldn't call it guilt and shame, but maybe some of my actual logical thinking, and am checking myself. You won't, you won't go off totally with sex, but, uh, yeah, I mean it was it, I had very much just with the sexual stuff, uh, very conflicting constantly because of going from one extreme to the next.
0: Yeah. Really. Yeah. And that I could totally see how that's very um divisive, like it creates like a divide within yourself. You know what and I then mean? The crazy thing is
1: that this is the tie up with the OTO, I think, or with sexuality in general then you will almost make yourself fucking feel guilt and shame by not doing these things.
0: Right. Because now you're like, well, now I'm a prude or I'm this Yes, or that. Yeah, yeah.
1: why am I afraid that these people might think that I'm a whore? Right. <laughs> no like, that's the least of their concern. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, like, I mean, not, uh, I don't, like, you'll have people like, you know, when you go to these, uh, you know, the OTO has a conference, the Noticon, like every two years. You know, and it's a fucking known thing that if you're at least a first degree and over, if you get a tap on the shoulder and some chick is asking you, hey, I'm having a bunch of people over tonight because the, they, they have these in hotels where they have convention centers and they use like things. Um, you know, having a bunch of people come over to hang out tonight, why don't you come? That's like a known thing that you just basically got asked to go to an orgy.
0: Yeah.
1: So now it's like, now if I was to have said no, are they going to think that I'm a fucking prude? Are they that I'm not the fucking cool kid now? Are they going to think, oh, well, we can't include him with other shit now? You know, you see shit like that where the same people are constantly doing the same fucking rituals and the same people are constantly doing the same masses. You see the same clicks. And it's like, you know, if I don't give into their certain sexual ideologies or other ideas within the order, if I don't agree with them, I'm not the fucking cool kid now and I feel like a fucking loser.
0: Yeah. So I kind of want to... um kind of touch on something with that so in my first episode i kind of talked about how there's these two different narratives like these two ends of the spectrum with sexuality where it's like Uh, sex is bad like you're fucking dirty for wanting to explore outside of you know regular vanilla sex or outside of marital sex and all this stuff and then there's this other aspect where it's like oh if you're not like having all these crazy sexual experiences or you never had a threesome or you've never done X, Y, Z, then you're not cool. And you're a fucking prude. Yeah, that's, and that's, so it creates this like divide or split in a person that makes them question what they actually want because they're trying to fit into these different boxes. And so, um,
1: yeah, yes, that was probably the best way to say what I was-
0: Yeah. And so I kind of, um, I forget where I was going with that, but I was going to ask you, um, when you were in like, like the Christianity versus like the OTO like did you feel like because those ideologies were being pushed it was hard for you to like discern what it is that you actually wanted versus what they're trying to push oh I think both of them do the same thing
1: oh 100 yeah for sure it's uh you know it's like fuck like you know I I might have enjoyed that a little bit maybe too much than I should have is there something fucking wrong when all it was was a different fucking sexual position you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, or it was just, I, I don't, I mean, it's, it's just, I feel like uh, Christianity will just make it so fucking cut and dry to where it's just like, you can't like, I mean, you know what the thing is too? It's just, it's just like, I guess, because it's still maybe even the sigh up on me. I still don't, I'm still don't know, have, don't have like certain ideas or like, even with like porn and shit like that, like I don't know what to say about that. To the next person, you know, is that good? Is that is it bad? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I I, I don't know what to say about that, you know, or I don't want to be the person. Plus, it's a slippery slope if you start giving advice; people might take it the wrong way. But I do think what I'm going to say is there's a fucking balance to everything, and I think either way, if you're on ones like with the Christianity, it is going to take you off balance to one side. To where, like I said, the whole salt and pepper thing and denying yourself things that maybe you shouldn't be denying yourself up. You know I'm saying, I mean, like, like, literally, like, you know, you can have some amazing, you know, m- magical and spiritual experiences with people sexually. You know, it does not mean, of course, that it is just of raw animal lower things. I mean, yeah. And it may not be just the whole salt and pepper like I'm on top of you, and that's you know what I'm saying. Like doesn't mean you're fucked up. It's just an experience with somebody. That's it.
0: And I think that's kind of what Christianity, um, like you know, in its more extreme forms, kind of makes it seem like is it's this like transactional thing where it's like sex is is between a man and a wife, husband and wife, you know, and um, it's for reproductive, you know, value to have kids and create a family and to serve God. And then, you know, you have these other aspects where it's like, um, kind of with like the OTO where it's hypersexualized, and it's like, okay, well now there's this other end and we're going to throw all this sex in your face to kind of distract you, you know, to kind of bring you into this other side. Like I think going back to what you said about porn is I feel like it's not necessarily bad, but it's not necessarily good. It's all in, it's, Tool, right? It's a thing and it's all in the application of how you use it. So if you're using porn to escape, for you know, people get addicted to porn. And so if you're using it as like an, an escapism and you're distracting yourself and you're using it in place of actual like human connection and contact, then yeah, it can be a bad thing. But if you're using porn, you know, with your partner or, you know, just on your own here and there, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because you might who knows, maybe you're going to discover something that you didn't know you were into by looking at porn. And you're like...
1: It might actually just be a nice person to everybody else around you for the rest of the day.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I like... like hey, in a <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it. No, for real. <laughs> because, like, there's so many people that, um, you know, they go around and they're like, oh, like, masturbation is bad. And, you know, this is like, you should feel guilty for, like, masturbating, blah, whatever. But it could be so cathartic. And sometimes if you go too long without, like some type of release, you go around acting like a jackass, you know? And
1: So hold this, see, this is another way to tie in again with Christianity in the OTO. You will have like one telling you not to masturbate and the OTO will telling you, yeah, jerk off on sigils. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You go go from one extreme to the next and it's just like- It's wild.
0: Fuck, yes. And so I think-
1: Wild for me in that sense too.
0: Yeah, and I think the lesson in this is like, okay, take both extremes, right? And find where you sit in the middle, like find what feels right for you, because what feels right for another person might not feel right for for you, right? Like maybe I feel comfortable masturbating 10 times a day and it's productive for me. And maybe I'm just using this as an example, but like the person next to me are like, You know, they're like, no, that's like too much. That depletes me of my energy. So I'm going to do it like once a month or I'm going to do it once. So, you know what I mean? It's like, find what works for you personally and listen to your body. Listen to your, your soul, because your soul is like the biggest guidance. And we oftentimes allow these outside influences and outside programs to tell us what we should do and what we should believe and how we should feel about things instead of actually going inwards and listening to what it is that we actually want. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: I don't know. No, I totally agree. And
0: um I kind of wanted to touch back on something too. Um, when you said that, you know, during the mass or whatever, um, there would be like a girl with her top off and like it didn't really do much for you, right? And so um, Well for, first off I, I wasn't to
1: expecting it. So the first few times it was still just a shock to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i
1: was just like, Oh, because I, I had I had looked up the Gnostic Mass before I went to the OTO. Now, not thinking like, oh, well, maybe YouTube is censored. I never thought of that. Maybe there's stuff in there that YouTube wasn't showing. So it didn't show the nudity. So when I got there, I was just like, oh, wait, wait, what's going on? This wasn't what I watched on YouTube. So I was.
0: Right. Like, You're taken aback. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, no, it's just it's getting crazier. I'm out of here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of want to touch on that, too, because um, we're taught like in society, there's this kind of goes back to the polarities, especially when it comes to like women's bodies and things we're taught that women's bodies are so sexualized and like we should be turned on by women's bodies like as soon as we see a woman's naked body that means like we're into it or you know what I mean and it's like this whole um like thing where it's like if you see a woman's naked body then automatically that means sex whereas like kind of what you said before, like sex can be art, just like women's bodies could be art. Sometimes a body, a naked body is just a naked body and it doesn't have to be sexualized. And um, so kind of like what you said where you were like, it didn't even do anything for me on that aspect. Um, it kind of just made me think of that bit.
1: Well, you know, I do know. And the reason why, and I, and I guess it was something, uh, I, this is a good point that I want to talk about when it comes to magic too, um, why I said art is um, for one, yeah, like like you said, it, it can just be, you know, it can just be art, you know, just you know, statues, paintings, you know, just beauty, an expression of beauty, you know, not to be taken perverted. Yes, I also think, but when it comes to occultism, because of how sex is looked at, you know, um, like again, you kick from one aspect, it has to be salt, salt and pepper you can't look at this, you can't look at that because you're going to go to hell. You know, you don't even acknowledge it, don't even understand it. Then you have the OTO where they put sex in your face and promote it so much that you latch on to that idea of sex. But in my opinion, a lot of like the naked woman, it 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 is just literally art to tell you a bigger story. It is, that is all, it, the same thing as if on if you had a tarot card with some chick's tits out. If the tempress or the empress or whoever didn't have a top on, it's the same thing. It's, it, it's just one part of a huge story that a naked women, a woman represents in an energy somehow. It is just a part of a fucking story that is broad. Just like, you know, you have king, queen, prince, and princess. You know, I'm saying you have all those different fucking stories spinning, going from, you know, top to bottom, you know, just all sorts of things going on that sexuality and just a male and a female naked in certain areas can just be telling a story and not sexual at all, and you get people on one side. They will never understand what they're looking at because fuck it's Satan. It's sex. It's horrible. You're going to go to hell. And then the people on the other side who are so stuck in the earthly idea of sex, see that and still don't understand what they're looking at and think they're a magician. Like in my opinion, the tree of life is just a story of male and it's a love dance. It's all it is. It is a love dance of the male and female energies from, you know, in, from beyond us in the flesh coming down into the flesh. It's a spiraling love dance where they make up, they break up, they come back together. There's times of beauty and passion and love between the both. And then they separate, come back. It is just a fucking cycle that I think we're stuck in, you know, and a lot of stuff, a lot of sexual stuff is telling us that story, but we see it wrong because we've been Programmed to neither want sex too much or programmed to not want it at all.
0: Yeah. And I really like how you put that. Um, It's, you know, it's all just a story. And I think kind of what's happening um, in the world and in society on like an energetic level right now is, um, you know, the masculine and the feminine energies are opposing one another and it's creating all of this dissonance. And that's why we're seeing so much like chaos and, um, you know, all these like shadow aspects coming in, because instead of having them work together and merge together to become, you know, Oneness, they're opposing forces. And so you have the masculine. Yeah. And and the thing is, is when we're separated from our masculine and our feminine energy or when they're off balance within a person or just within a society, we don't actually have um, true conscious free will right? We have the illusion of free will because we're given these different choices of, you know, oh, you can do this or you can do this. But really, they're they're all these underlying stories of programs, right? We're programmed to want to do this. We're programmed to want to do this. And we think we have the choice, but we're really running off of our subconscious programmings. And so when we're split off, our masculine and our feminine energies are split off from one another we're not whole and you can only have true free will if you're acting out of your wholeness right and so otherwise if you're split off in all these different directions then it's an illusionary choice of free will does that make sense
1: what you honestly 100% me you just described the whole fucking tree of life
0: yeah oh <laughs> cool.
1: I don't, I'm going to explain it when you look at that thing you see how there's stuff on each side and then there's those things in the middle that are the you know the balance you have the male and the female when they're pulled apart Crowley even says himself and if you really think about it think of love and hate those are on the two cop complete opposite ends of the spectrum but at some point like where do you how do you find the middle it's the same thing just one's lacking more of it
0: yes it's like the same or branch of the tree.
1: Yes, you have less love. The more love you have, the less hate you have. So in the middle is the perfect balance. As you start to pull the male and the female away from each other, onto their own pillars, when they are on their own, when they're on their own devices, let alone on their self. They are chaotic. The male side will be the beast out of control. And the left side will be the scarlet whore out of control. But then when this beast and the whore come together again in beauty and balance, that's when things you know, go well. Because there is a balance of both. And you truly, need, I mean, even when it comes to real magic, you know, when you see the scarlet whore riding her beast, that to me is showing male energy has broken through the female physical realm here, but is still balanced with the love and the passion behind the female energy. That's why the Scarlet Whore is still riding the beast, but you have broken out of the matrix and now you are going, you know, closer to God. Because you're actually stripping off the extra, in my opinion, right now, what's going on in this world is the feminine energy is being used. I'm sorry to fuck this world up. You know, it's... being pushed too far, and I think some of that will break you from the matrix.
0: Yeah. So what I what I kind of think is going on to kind of piggyback off of that is. But um, I think they
1: both need each other. Tell you the truth. Actually. No,
0: hundred percent, they need each other. And also, for the listeners, I kind of just want to clarify when we say like male and female or masculine and feminine, we're not talking about necessarily like what your body parts you have, it's more just on an, it's more on just like an energetic basis. Like you can be a female and you can have masculine energy or, or vice versa. So I just wanted to clarify for people just so they, they know, but um, well, that's why so, I fuck
1: with you because you, you've got a, you got a little set of walls on you too. So yeah,
0: so, um, one thing that I kind of wanted to point out was, you know, um, for so long, we've been kind of at a balance as a society where it's been like this hyper- masculinity right it's been this hyper like male patriarchal kind of thing and so you see women um like fe- like kind of extreme feminists trying to break them down and push it down and like in almost overtake it and make the feminine the more dominant one which when you're doing that you're actually using masculine energy so you're still in that masculine so you're not bringing balance into the world right you're still you're within that masculine energy so you're actually not even being feminine at all and so And that's why there's so much conflict right now, because you have the feminine, you know, this feminine energy parading around, but it's actually being masculine. And so, yeah. yeah. And so in order to bring balance, the, the thing isn't to take down the patriarchy, but it's to come into balance and harmony with one another and come to an understanding. And it's like, we, you know, yes, women are independent and they can do everything on their own and they can, but the world is so much more harmonious when we allow the masculine to be masculine and we allow the feminine to be feminine. Right. And so people often think that, um, the, um, that being feminine is weak, right. That surrendering is weak, that the stronger, um, you know, position is to take lead and take charge, but what people don't realize is it actually takes a lot of trust and a lot of strength to surrender than to control, control, control. And there's so much more strength in that ability to be able to surrender, to feel safe in the masculine. You know, obviously there's a lot of masculine that's super unbalanced. And so that's why a lot of women don't feel safe, you know, to be able to surrender and to be able to, you know, be feminine is because there's so much unbalanced fucking masculine energy. And it's either hyper-masculinity or they haven't, Come into their masculine energy so they, you know, shit on women or whatever the case is and make, you know, and all these horrible things happen to women because the masculine is unbalanced, but, you know, it kind of goes both ways. But um, when, like, at the perfect ideal, you know, the masculine is meant to lead and meant to take charge, where the feminine is meant to um, just energetically be able to surrender and flow. And when you have that balance of, being able to surrender and flow and being able to trust the masculine enough to be able to surrender to them, that takes a lot of strength. And we we often think that surrender is weakness, but surrendering, I think is it takes a lot more strength than being able to lead. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: I think what you just said was a Shakespearean way to explain the Scarlet Horror.
0: Is it? Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Uh, you said so much stuff that I'm, I'm hoping I can remember everything that I wanted to say. You just had a whole bunch of great shit. Um, you're talking about like the male, you know, energy being too much at times, and the female. Energy. I mean, uh, for me, I'm because I'm a little bit older than you. I, I can remember going back to like you know the '80s and '90s, especially the '80s. If you really look at it, back then, very much, you know, everything: war movies, Rocky, Arnold Schwarzenegger, wrestling uh fucking frat time you know boys you know uh you go out you know you got to go out and fuck and do all this and get drunk and be crazy to be a cool guy it was very much pushing the the male and now look at us fucking you know a couple of years later now it's like coming yes it's a pendulum it swung way far and now it's swinging back way too fucking far to make up for what just was happening and it's is this being all done by design, or is it just a grand scheme of just how the universe works? Um, something you were saying before, I also wanted to say you were talking about, um, you know, the male and the female. I, I, a lot of ways I look at it is male as being projective and female being receptive. You no, know, it's just it's two different energies. And uh, you were saying how like sometimes it takes like both. You know what I'm saying? In in if. You wanna look at it in a Kabbalah sense and maybe you'll even, I, I'm not exactly sure how you think about like matrix and all that stuff too. But I think if you think of the moon, the moon is a perfect example. Actually, a lot of people take it as very feminine. Yes, it is, it is very feminine, but there is masculine in there. There are some masculine gods of people to actually look into like a Kafna Kansu who falls on there. Now think of, and I'm just saying, even if it isn't a matrix, but I do believe, believe it or not, I think the moon is keeping us in a matrix. That's just my belief and through magic, and even with the Kabbalah, the Saturn and moon matrix is in there. Now, the moon itself would be, you know, the feminine thing, you know, the whole idea of, you know, keeping it in form and the program behind it and what's being constructed. You know, the female is keeping it like her womb. She creates the baby, but the light shining off of the moon onto us is male that is projective. <laughs> so you have both working together. Yes.
0: Yes. And well, and too, the light that's shining off of the moon is from the sun, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. So, so it's literally that balance.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. So either way, like if you want to look at it as a matrix, or if you want to look at it as the way you know you you are right now, the sun is literally shining off the moon, a feminine type of thing. And now that is being projected down here. So it is a mixture of both.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. I've actually, um, until this conversation, I've never really looked at it like that, but I'm like, it makes so much sense. Like it. I
1: don't think a lot of people look at it like it that at all. Yeah.
0: It's like the blending of the two. Um, there was something you had. Oh, I wanted to touch on um, kind of the pendulum thing that you had mentioned. So I. I. I kind of see a lot of times in um, people and I've actually seen it within my own life where you're at one extreme and in order to bring yourself into balance, you swing so far to the other side, but then eventually it comes to the middle and centered. And so I kind of wanted to give an example of like my own um, scenario where that's happened. So when I was growing up, like I grew up with a lot of depression, anxiety, you know, listen to a lot of like dark like metal music and emo stuff and just really dark you know, like darker music, whatever. And so as I went on my healing journey and I went into the more like, because I lived in the darkness for so long, when I came into spirituality, I came into love and light and, um, you know, that whole like like really, whatever. And I can't listen to any music that's negative because it's gonna remind me of those times.
1: Stop listening to The Cure.
0: Yeah, no, for real. And so like <laughs> during that time, like I was no. only listening to like happy, like EDM music. And I was only listening to upbeat music. And I literally like shoved all of that part of myself because like at the core of me, like I do have rock and roll in myself. Like I fucking love rock and roll, but I also love happy EDM music too. And so I was denying myself that part yeah. by coming all the way over to this other side and then once I realized, I'm like, wait, I don't have to choose one or the other. I can come in the middle and, and have both, right? I can, I can, I can listen to fucking metal and and scream and be angry, but then I could also listen to EDM music and be happy and dance. Like you can do both. You don't have to pick one or the other. And I feel like that's a lot of times people feel like I have to choose this side or this side. I have to be, you know, if I'm on this side, then I can't um, interact with the other side. But it's like, when you come to that, that center point that balance that's where like the harmony is you know
1: you know what and, and and my life has changed you know greatly since since i left the oto you know when it came to magic and and i think like what you're saying this even fits the whole situation what you're saying too with the whole pendulum. you know i had had prior beliefs because of you know, christianity and just being brought up you know certain ways and just even family you know itself putting ideologies into your head uh you know It can be conflicting. And, you know, I went totally so far to the other side. Yes, I went to an extreme, actually. And, um, you know, there's times when I regret that I ever joined. Sometimes I think, you know, should I have chose something different, different thing, end up coming across Would that have been better had a different experience. But um, I can say that I I really can't, I don't regret it. Um, Maybe certain things I wish I didn't do. Or, or maybe I wish like I wasn't in it as long. There was nothing ever that I really say like I did fucked up. Like I never did anything I didn't want to do. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I don't want people to think like I regret it because like, you know, I, I had to like fuck somebody in an initiation and fuck, you know, I did nothing. Yeah, yeah. Like that. <laughs> it was just, you know, maybe I spent a little bit too much time there than I should have and, and experienced life in other, in other ways. But mm-hmm. um, it's, I went so far to one side When I decided to start actually, in my opinion, doing real magic and realized I needed to do shadow work, because of being so far to one side, I knew, and so far from being on the other side, what felt right here and what felt wrong here, I can get rid of, and what felt right here and felt wrong on this end, I can get rid of. Um, I always use David Bowie as a great example for because he said this because I just think it's it inspired me and it touched me because I realized I, I know what this man means. He said in order for you to have his he said they they, people were interviewing and asking him to give him some sort of spiritual advice. I mean, the guy doesn't hide it, I mean, it's a known thing because fucking, you know, he was a magician, you know, it's in his music, it's it's, didn't hide it. So he said um, to look at the world around you and you are going to have to figuratively burn it all down to the ground. You're going to have to destroy all of it. You're going to have to take from those ashes what you feel to be the world that you want to live in and create that with those ashes around you. And then you will find, you know, God, you will, you know, you'll experience life. And honestly, I think that's kind of what eventually happened once I started having positive magical experiences and things where I can say I truly do believe I have been closer to God than I ever have been, was because I annihilated the things on both sides I did not agree with.
0: I love that. I, so I, went to,
1: I can see what I don't like about the bad because I was there and it was in my face. Yeah. I know I have a feeling inside that I learned myself, not because someone told me, not because of a parent, not because of a teacher, because I internalize it really for myself. Does this is this right for me or not?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: That's a total difference. And once I was able to do that, I was able to find who I truly believe is myself, my will, and what am I supposed to do and enjoy.
0: I love that so much. I love that so much. And then that's supposed to
1: remove the guilt and shame. Because it came from checking yourself and saying, you know what, I'm happy with being that person. Yes.
0: And so for everybody listening, I kind of just want to ask you, so how did you go from a lot of that guilt and shame and, and all of that to being able to rise from the ashes? Like if, if somebody was going through a lot of guilt right now and is trying to process them, what's like one tip that you would give them to kind of move through some of that?
1: Unfortunately, it's probably going to be kind of a deep answer. And I really wish I could give like some real nice quick sounding great, you know, and um, I have used the, the Gita was a very big uh, book for me to help me, I think, do a lot of um, shadow work on myself. Have you, have you ever read that book?
0: I haven't. No, you'll have to send it to you know, me.
1: When I, well, now that I've read that, when I read that book, I took it as, you know, the main character is really talking. He's in the middle of a war. That's about that. You know, I know I I'm not taking it as these people are real. This dude's up in his head right now. And he's talking about how like his neighbor is there, his teacher is there, his, you know, uh, family members, you know, a whole bunch of people that were significant. If you think about it, if you really think about it, look at the people he's naming. These are all people that are normally significant in our lives, molding the way we think. You know, and this dude is in the middle of it, starting to think about, you know, what is true to him. I had to start looking at it and I hate to say it, you know, you have to even check your family. You know, I, I will say, you know, you, for me, there was a lot of stuff that I had to realize I did not agree with at all, but now I still have to love these people because it's just their way of, again, The feminine energy encroaching too much is the overpowering mother where I'm going to keep you so safe. I'm going to keep you in this bubble. Now, at some point, you are taking love away from that person because they cannot be themselves. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I had to realize that that has been done to me through school, through family, you know, through so many things that I had to really check. Why do I have this guilt and shame? Is it coming from a person that I wanted to impress and I hoped liked me? Was I, you know, being this person because I just wanted to be accepted? You know, you know where, where did that guilt and shame of what you did ever, how did that thought ever come to be that, that you should even have guilt and shame for that? Now, I'm not saying that that's giving you an excuse to go out and do fucked up and stupid shit and you go on other people's wills, because no you're not, you know, there is a balance again, but you need to really check. In my opinion, I had to check why am I programmed or why do I think guilt and shame with this?
0: Yes. And I love that so much. Cause it's like questioning why you feel that way, but also taking accountability. You, you may even find out that maybe you're right for it
1: too. I'm not saying that it's, it's giving you a, you know, I'm off the hook for feeling that way. But then but then you know what, if, if that is true guilt and shame to you, then 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 it's telling you, all right, well, then you need to change and then that's part of the shadow work. Maybe you know what I'm saying. But uh, for the most part, I would, you know, don't beat yourself up so much, maybe try to find out why you feel that way and then assess
0: that. For real. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that's great advice. That's really great advice. And I to kind of piggyback off of that too is um, you know, having those internal dialogues with yourself, right? Like when you start to feel that guilt come up or you feel that shame come up, it's like, okay um, I feel like I'm being a terrible sister right now or a terrible, you know, daughter or whatever. It's like, okay, well, why do I feel like that? Am I actually being a terrible sister or daughter? Is it because I didn't text them back because I was busy and like, I just didn't have the mental space to do that, you know, and, and I was putting my mental health first. Does that actually make me a terrible daughter when I know I'm going to get back to them, you know, tomorrow? Um, and, or it's like, oh. I missed that person's birthday. And uh, I actually was being a terrible person, you know, <laughs> like I was being an asshole and being able yeah. to like, have that conversation with yourself and find out where that guilt is coming from and why you're feeling that. And then assess from there, like, okay, is this guilt justified, you know, or is this unjustified guilt, and it's misplaced, and then kind of taking it from there and having those conversations with yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've even had like, you know, again, talking about family, like, you know, uh, I've expressed certain things with it, you know, my own take on, you know, unfortunately, with the vaccination and stuff, you know, I, uh, I was not a fan of the NYPD bending the knee and accepting that. I just, I'm sorry. I just, that that I was not agreeing with that. You no, know, that is just very scary to me. And I don't want to go on about it too long, but just the reason why I see it scary is just that like, you know, if you were okay with doing that to yourself to keep a job, then what will you be okay with doing to someone else who's not you to keep a job? You know, I I just, I don't, I'm not trying to push it that far, but it's like, it could really be that type of a mind. fuck. That was just no, how far can we keep pushing the envelope? So like, I wasn't happy about that. And unfortunately my brother, who I love very much, you know, one of my best friends and is one of the best men I've ever met in my life. He crumbled. You know, and he did it. And I, you know, still voiced my opinion on how I felt about the NYPD on my social media and in my episodes. And, you know, someone had came across it and, you know, told him about it. And he was very upset, you know, because I, I, you know, and maybe I went a little bit too hard about how I felt about the NYPD, but I just said, you know, basically, I considered you all Nazis now, you know, maybe going a little bit to an extreme, of course. You know, now, Because my brother is a cop and he heard me say that I had no guilt and shame of me expressing what I felt about that. Now all of a sudden, because he let me know that someone had to show him what I said and it hurt him. Now all of a sudden I have guilt and shame over something I didn't because of how my brother feels about it. You know, and like, did I go too far? Is it really, should my brother just be like, fuck it. That's his opinion. And I shouldn't have, you know, it's, you know, and then even in, in podcasting, you can have certain opinions about certain things. And if it does isn't considered, uh, you know, okay, uh, somebody, this is the crazy thing, somebody who I don't know on, instant, you know on Instagram or Twitter or social media, I don't know if that person is even behind that picture. I don't know if that's even a guy or a girl. I don't even know who the fuck that person is you want to say I am petty, and that I shouldn't be covering certain topics. I am now all of a sudden supposed to feel guilt and shame about something that I love doing, that I think is part of my will, because of something on a computer screen. You know, it's fucking insane how like, you know, guilt and shame, even just is every fucking way, it's done by your family, people do it in the conspiracy community, people do it on the internet. It is yeah. A and I think, weapon. yeah.
0: And I think it's, <laughs> it's being able to find that balance, right. Kind of like going back to that. It's like finding the sweet spot. It's like, okay. I admit I will I, I might have been too shame. far,
1: even with the NYPD stuff. I maybe I went yeah. boisterous, but I think on, I could have still have had a balanced opinion on that. And I think I still would have felt guilt and shame because of my brother. And I shouldn't really, honestly.
0: Yeah. But it's, maybe. but I think that's good because the guilt kind of, played a role where it was like it kind of checked you a little bit where you're like yes I oh, no, it did yeah yes, and it it's did, like yes. it's like I did voice my opinion and I should have voiced my opinion but maybe I took it a little too far you know and, it, <laughs> yeah, and I think maybe
1: was yeah and, my normal and yeah, self and went off a little bit too yeah, much
0: yeah, yeah but I think it's cool that you you know you have that awareness you know what I mean where it's like okay this guilt is here why is it here and going through that process of like okay you know maybe I shouldn't feel guilt to this extent but maybe I took it you know and it's like going through those like mental conversations and finding that to like check yourself, but also knowing when it's misplaced too, you know?
1: I've done that myself just with, I mean, my own podcast. And it's like fucking crazy. <laughs> where it's like, I'll have to check myself and I'll be like, you know, what am I really doing this for? You know what I'm saying? It, it, but sometimes like you're saying, when, when you check yourself and maybe you have a little bit of guilt and shame, it's, it's a good thing to get you to go back to where maybe you should have been.
0: Yeah, to bring it you know back into like, a I mind.
1: mean, I'll, you know, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, when I first started my show, you know, I had an idea and I had a vision. And then at one point, I just noticed that it's like, you know, I'm just having people on just to get hooked up with other shows and this and that. And I'm like, you know, am am I losing the authenticity of my original idea? You know, I had to check myself and I had to realize, like, you know, maybe I don't need to be like popular or this and that. Maybe I just need to portray the message that I want to give out. You know what I'm saying so like you even even in this or in anything that someone does and loves in their life I think you need if you keep that in check and in balance you'll be a happy person find, find something that you love to do that when it, it could be something when no one's looking if you like to fucking dance around your house and sing while you're fucking cleaning You know, and that is the only thing in your mind at that time. And you are in that moment. Fucking keep doing that. Yes. And and, and just keep in check your ego. And as long as you keep your ego out of it, out of finding something that you love doing, I think you will learn to be a happy person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Keeping your ego balanced within things is really important for sure. Well, I think this was was a great this a, was great thank you so much you had so much uh, to share and thank you for sharing all your experiences um is there anything else you'd like to add before we kind of wrap it up you want to oh i
1: i thought that was really good i had a really good time like again there were certain things that i think was good to have a female aspect in here as well you know we were able to touch on certain things that i we did very well Yes. So, thank you.
0: Yeah, of course. So do you want to just let everybody know where to find you again or if there's anything you want to promote or, you know, kind of touch on? You can find uh,
1: you can find my stuff at the My Patriot. And then uh, really, I mean, you know, the stuff that I really do uh, a lot of my own research on is done when the occult rejects with uh, me and me and locks. But uh, my show, I normally try to bring like minded people like you, you've been on twice and you'll be on again. Uh, you know, like minded people with this, you know, spiritual message or something to do with, you know, cultism, but um, more specific topics that you're going to have to pay attention to and listen to. That's going to be the occult.
0: Yeah, yeah. So go check, go check his show out. It's awesome. Um, Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, we will talk next time.